0: Well, good morning and welcome to the drive it is march 4th on monday hope you guys had a blessed weekend and <clears throat> had a good time with uh church family with my family um, you know we spent some time together yesterday after church we went to straight to a we changed and went straight to a uh jags game uh south alabama playing softball and so we took our girls to their first softball game, college softball game. And um, yeah, they watched, it was pretty cool time to go. We didn't know this, but afterwards, like the players lined up and signed a poster that they were giving out. And so it was just kind of cool for them to see and experience since they're playing softball now as well. And uh, um, I think they enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. <laughs> so I try to go to those games once in a while, but yeah, it was a blessed day, it was a blessed day. and. Um, i was just con- continually going through 1 Corinthians, excited to do it and this next one has to do with um, there was some contention in the Corinthian church and um, instead of Paul trying to get around the matter and not talking about it or ignoring it he addresses it straight on which is healthy in verse 10 of chapter 1 of 1 Corinthians, the apostle Paul writes now I plead with you I, I beg you basically, brethren by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Okay. So, <clears throat> this is an important one. I'm going to pull out my driveway. Uh, because he's begging them. He, this is an important matter he's discussing right now, right here. Like, you guys... Contention is not a good thing, right? Division is not a good thing. wanna make sure there are no divisions among you, but there's unity. And he wants these guys, he's reminding these guys, listen, a lot of the stuff in the beginning here is reminding these guys who they are, what their purpose is, what to do, and what to stay away from and here he's saying stay away from division be of the same mind now he's not saying everyone be the same person don't you don't have to all wear the same clothes like he's not talking about being the same (laughs) physically he's not talking about being the same culturally he's talking about being the same spiritually having the same goal and the goal is to be a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The goal is to have the same mind, the same heart, the same judgment when it comes to the spiritual. You know, that's what that's what unity is. So often we hear about divisions in churches. And it, sometimes, but not always, I think most of the time divisions happen, don't happen because of doctrine. Now I've heard some divisions happen because of doctrine, or they're going a, a certain way, or um, going towards the law, or going towards Calvinism, or going towards Arminianism, or whatever. Like I've heard, but th- that's rare. Most of the times when I hear about church splits, contention, it has to do with personalities, it has to do with agendas, it has to do with what everyone thinks should be happening. Like it has to do with you know church matters and philosophy of ministry and all. And that's a sad thing. And this happens when we lose us when we lose sight of the goal of the church. And you know, the Apostle Paul goes on in this chapter later on to talk about how he's a, again he's a minister of the gospel of the truth of Jesus. That's that's the goal. That's a goal. The gospel is the goal. And so the Apostle Paul. Reminds these guys, you know. There's, I hear there's contention among you. Don't, in other words, don't let petty things get in the way of the main goal of the reason the church is here. The main goal isn't to try to be right about everything, you know. The main goal isn't to compete with other churches to try to be the best. The main goal has everything to do with the spiritual. The main goal is, you know, gathering together, being built up, and seeing God work through His people. The main goal is letting people know, letting the presence of your congregation know, like, that you're a light in this city. This is an immoral, horrible, sexually bad, like, place, you know? Corinth was, again, do a study on Corinth, it was incredibly corrupt, totally carnal, just plagued with immorality. And I think Paul's trying to tell them, hey guys, if there's divisions among you guys, and there's all these temptations in the city that you're in, then you're going to lose your witness. You're be lured in to the things of the world. How do you prevent that then? How do you prevent backsliding, drifting away, transgressing? How do you prevent that? You prevent it by being in unity, by as a local body of believers working as one, being connected and cohesive and having the same goal, having the same vision uh, of what the church is there for, to be a light on a hill. To let people know that God absolutely loves them. To let people know that he's there for them. Let people know that there is hope. To let people know that God is at work. To let people know God is not wrathful, mean, angry. God is loving. And yes, he wants us to repent. And get right with him. And walk with him. And grow in him so paul's reminding these guys you know you, you hear something troubling paul didn't just suppress it and be like well i hope it just goes away you know that's kind of how some of us deal with problems like there's a there's an issue or like we plug our ears close our eyes and i don't hear anything like that's not a way to deal with issues right to just ignore them and act like they're not there that's an immature way to deal with issues, but the mature way to deal with issues is to confront them head on. It might be hard at first, but it'll be ironed out as as you're being led by the Lord. The alternative is to just ignore it or suppress it, and it compounds, and before you know it, it's just a mess. And that's why I so love and appreciate the Apostle Paul reading his letters. You know, he didn't uh, skirt around... Uh, The issue. He didn't act like it wasn't there. He didn't uh, minimize it. So I'm trying to think. He didn't minimize the issue, or say, "Hey, no big deal. I know I heard there's divisions or something, but it's all good. You guys will be fine." Like, he addresses it head on. And I think that's important to do for us as Christ followers. an issue, see a brother or sister in sin seeing something going on that's not right, seeing contention address it, not in a harsh way but just, hey that's why, again, that's why I love uh, Paul, how he addresses it and he states it in an encouraging way, he's like uh, may there be no divisions among you, may you be of the same mind, the same judgment the same heart, the same outlook, the same worldview the same, he does it in an encouraging way yeah, I, I was telling someone last week about a pastor we used to know in California. Uh, his name was Manny, he's a, he's a Mexican-American and he's awesome, he's awesome. But he's so soft-spoken, right? And he's like, hey guys, and like he's really mellow and soft-spoken, but when he speaks, it's like rebuke. <laughs> I mean, you're, you feel, you, it's pleasantly calm as he teaches. But then you're like, wait a second, I feel like I just got stabbed. Like, I just got convicted by the Lord. Like, He's so soft-spoken, but He preaches straightforward truth. And we're just like, wow. You know, He does it in a way that's loving and tactful. And and I think that's important when we're addressing things with one another. Instead of being like, what's wrong with you? You know, like, we can tend to go off emotions and and just kind of not have the correct demeanor or attitude or reaction when I think we should do all that we do, not I think but the word of God says do all that we do in love and so even in especially in confronting one another with certain things or certain concerns we have do in a loving manner And here Paul was correct because he heard something secondhand and he addressed it right. But sometimes we hear things secondhand and we're like, we can't. I I don't ever want to. I don't ever 100% put stock in what what only one side of the party says. Like if if a a husband says, "Oh man, my wife this and that and this," and I don't talk to the wife, I'll just take, I'll just naturally like take the side of the husband, and I do not want that. Early on in, in the ministry, pastoral ministry. You know, I would do that I mean in my mind I wouldn't like choose sides or anything but you hear the husband you're like oh wow uh, but then the more I was counseling all the time the more I'm like I don't want to I want to hear both sides I'm not let's meet all together okay you two I'm gonna meet with you two like at the same time and then we'll pray and we'll talk and you both share it's always better that way right because you hear secondhand stuff. Some people base their judgments, their decisions, their outlook on what someone said about someone else, and that borderline slander and gossip—that is no good at all, ever. And uh, and so hear both sides. But the Apostle Paul was well informed, obviously, and that's why he wrote these, inspired by the Holy Spirit, in the Word of God. Right? Um, he was well informed, but. He was going off of information that was right and correct. And so he didn't beat around the bush. He didn't go, Well, there's issues, but I don't want to deal with this. You know, this is going to be hard. Well, you know, sometimes being a Christ follower is hard. Um, There's no way around it. Sometimes it's difficult. We have to confront difficult things. But the alternative is trying to escape from important things. And that's what the world really does. They live for the weekends they drink they do drugs they do all kinds of stuff in order to escape from reality so they don't have to actually deal or think about real things being a christian we do nothing but face reality all the time because our whole faith-based system is true obviously and it is based on truth and so we confront it all and god confronts us (laughs) in so many ways And so many blessed ways, you know. The Lord does it in order to help us, not to hinder us. It's not a burden when he confronts us and brings things up so we can deal with them. It's a blessing because he knows. He knows, and he's good, and he's with you. Well, God bless you. I hope this was an encouraging word, and I hope you have a blessed day. Praying for you guys. Love you guys. Talk to you next time.